Welcome to A Couch Divided, where we draw the line between secular psychology and the biblical worldview with Dr. Rawl, uh, Robin Hall and myself, Nick Thomas. <laughs> Dr. Rawl. Dr. Rawl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. No, like Raul is like my um, my like Spanish soap Ooh, opera name. I love that. Ra- <laughs> Raula. Is that a thing? All right, Nick. Um, yep. This is uh, Couch Divided. So uh, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. Prepare to be couched. Prepare to be couched. Cut to intro music. I feel like having a Superman cape every time I say, prepare to be couched, and it just flaps in the wind. Yeah, yeah. With our, <laughs> like, cool logo on it. Maybe we should put capes in the, like, store once we get that going. Yeah. An actual cape. So, Raul, um, we had we had a really good episode It's already, yeah. like, evolved into Raul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Raul, it's Raul now. <clears throat> right. And you know, you, you, what the embarrassing thing is, as I'm reading verbatim what I'm supposed to say, <laughs> and I still called you Raul. That's okay. We're only like, we've only recorded like eight episodes, so it'll yeah. get better with time. I don't You'll, know. I don't we've know. only been friends for two years, <laughs> you know. I don't know if I'm mourning my unlearnedness for my childhood or if I just messed up. Can we chalk it up to the latter and not the former? Because I really don't want to go through <laughs> that this That sounds right like now. a whole lot of excuse making to me, Nick. <laughs> a ton of excuse making. I was bullied. I was bullied. All right. Well, yes. Welcome back, everybody, to Couch Divided. Um, we really hope that you've enjoyed our series on the psychological uh, repercussions of COVID and the um, pandemic response. Um it's been really fun to record for everybody. Yeah, uh, we've had some pretty um, insightful things that have happened uh, with the timeline of COVID, too, as well, to see where we were at the beginning stages and where we are at the end of the stages. Right. And well, and we started recording this series in December. Yes, um, that's right. And yeah. It's now March of 2021, and there's been even been some more developments since. That's correct, yeah. We finished with our timeline part yeah, of this. So we're not finished, right? Yeah. <laughs> COVID's not done. It's got its last little sticks before it goes away kind yeah. of thing. Well, like and we'll probably revisit it again. You know. I hope not. I mean, <laughs> assuming that we don't continue unpsychologically scathed, you know, as the months go on and we continue to navigate shutdowns. Well, yeah, in the Christian worldview with the sovereignty of God, we'll accept that and praise his name anyway. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like such a perfect transition into the so what. I love it. I yes. know. So, yeah. So anyway, that's kind of what we wanted. We wanted to wrap our discussion about it and talk really about the so what. So um, we spent, you know, we thought it was important that we outlined like the events that like really since December 2019 all the way through. Yeah, it's an important aspect because we understand that our environment sometimes does combat with the way that we think, uh, whether or not we know what's going on or whether or not we do know what's going on, our mind changes and our uh, we react uh, to the right. things that are around us. I think it's just it's it's important to recognize that um, like a pandemic would impact the psychology of, you know, the the species it impacts. So sure. like the human race. Right. Um, and the way that we have reacted to the pandemic has played such a significant role in what we found to be like increased, you know, psychopathology mm-hmm. really across um, age groups, right. across, you know, all class of people, all type right. of people. Um, it's It's been kind of a rough year. Yeah, it's a rough year. Yeah, I rough mean, year. Uh, e- even in the mental health field, we see drug addiction increase uh, slightly. 
uh, if it's correlated with COVID, it, it, it was outed as such, suicidal ideation, right. uh, manic depression, whatever you want to call it, bipolar uh, disorder. Um, and trauma symptoms. Trauma symptoms. Stress. I mean, we've yeah. seen, like people have lost a lot of people. A lot mm. of people have lost their livelihood. Right. 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 A lot of people. We even talked about uh, the political atmosphere of even chastising healthy people that are not doing anything. We just uh, bring up a picture of last week uh, or a, a picture that I, I described last week uh, where I was at the gym. And it's saying, you know, to the whole world, you're just one person. But to OSHA, you're the one person that can ruin it for everybody. Wear a mask. Right. And I'm like, wow, uh, what goes into the psychology of that? Blaming somebody actually for ruining it for everybody. Right. And they're actually healthy. It, it's so yeah. funny that you brought that up. I, just this morning, or it was this morning or last night, in one of the, like, mental health professional groups that I'm a part of on Facebook, um, there's somewhere in the valley... Um, someone is starting a support group for individuals who have survived COVID, but unknowingly transmitted it to a relative who then did not survive. Mm, okay. So like this is, I mean, and truly yeah. that would, would be awful. You yeah. would feel terrible for about sure. that happening yeah. and, and more power to the group. I hope it's successful. Right. Um, right. But it just goes to show like this is, absolutely impacting mental health um across the board mm -hmm. um so yeah so anyway i think we should like i mean we can even keep this like a shorter episode but i kind of want to get to the like so what of yeah all of this so yeah. as a christian as christians so what you know like how do we respond to the increased anxiety depression the the fear based symptoms that we might have about you know this particular pandemic or any that might be in the future mm -hmm. um i think it's important to note that this has happened multiple times you know pandemics of varying degrees of um uh dangerousness that's mm -hmm. not the right word but right um, i mean there was pestilence in the the biblical days too as well well yeah, right? of yeah. Course. this yeah. is something that will continue yeah. to yeah. happen right. um so how is a christian do we respond to that? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Uh, as a personal conviction of mine, uh, even when, you know, uh, struggling through my past traumas and, and the things that God has saved me from, it always started with the doctrine of God, who he is and what he said he was going to do and uh, how he um, uh, works through um, the particular ailments that the world is suffering at the same time and then the individual suffering that you have. So it starts with the doctrine of God and all of his attributes. First of all, he's holy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, he's omniscient, omnipresent, right? Uh, All-knowing, all-present, all-powerful, you know? Uh, what does that mean to the Christian what? Because you're, you're still suffering on that, too, as well. And then I think the percipium, the foundation, is his sovereignty, right? That this is not meaningless, uh, that this is not purposeless, that your suffering is not just random and you're a victim of circumstance right. as well. What do you say that... Uh, to the people that understand their disposition as being a victim of circumstances, what would you say to them? Um, that they have a skewed perception of, of like reality. their reality and circumstance. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so this is gleaning on the truth that God has made reality and says that you should perceive reality right. in a certain way. And I believe it's through the sovereignty of God. As we were mentioning the uh, the timelines uh, in the in the back, that sovereignty of God 
never left my mind. And it's not because I'm more spiritually inept than a, a, another person or anything like that. I still have moral failings and, and, and sins uh, that I have to deal with. But if I did not understand that God is governing everything, um, then I would be completely lost. I would probably double mask it up. Well, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you'd have a lot more reason to live in fear and terror, right? right? And, and to have like no foundation for comparing, you know, what the me- like vetting. Sorry, not comparing, but vetting what the media is telling us yeah. about this. And mm-hmm. uh, in the second episode, we were talking about. Um, uh, the initial responses to this, or maybe it was the first one, and I don't know if you remember this, but I was mentioning uh, the uh, a waitress that I was talking to who got her information on how to handle the pandemic because she watched the movie Contagion. Oh, yeah, that's right. right? You remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I do remember that. And that was her scripture. Right. You know right. what I mean? I'm so, a, like, yeah. <laughs> five-star university. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hollywood Sun, contagion, a right? Sundance Medical Award, right? Contagion. That's where she graduated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we we joke about it. But I think a lot of people get like their information, their misinformation yeah. from sources like that. Yeah, um, movies. So yeah. I I completely agree with you. I think ultimately, like our saving grace, um, not to be punny, and all of that, uh, all in COVID and any um, circumstance that's that we would face of any kind of similar nature is resting in god's sovereignty god is in control of um if absolutely everything i love that you know there's not a rogue or a maverick molecule in the universe um Mm -hmm. and so the alternative to that which you know like would be the platform that atheists kind of stand on is that it's all random chaos and there's no meaning assigned to anything now that would be utterly terrifying Mm -hmm. um but in god's universe he's in control of all of the details the details we miss and the details that we catch yeah um you ever heard of that show the good doctor oh yeah yeah so it's a popular show it's very well acted too as well um and uh, i enjoy it norman bates what's i don't know what the guy that played norman bates on the bates motel Oh, really? The actor, okay. that's that he plays the doctor. And uh, yeah, and he plays an autistic uh, doctor right. who is just a, a servant in the uh, the medical field. Yeah, and, Savant, and yeah. that's it centered around him. And the reason why I bring that up, because this was one episode uh, that was on where uh, there is a dying kid in a bed and he's got cancer. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's asking him if he believes in God, you know, trying to give him hope and things like that. Do you believe in God? Because he most likely the doctor hears the this autistic all the doctor is asking yeah yeah the, the autistic doctor is asking okay. him this or do you do you not believe in god do you not believe that you're going somewhere and they're actually talking about the reality of his death in here and the kid uh and you can tell this is just writer propaganda but the, the kid ends up saying if i believe in god then i have to believe that he gives me this cancer oh yes, and i can't accept that so therefore i, I find peace and just Way to go, Hollywood. Way to go, Hollywood. Emotional blackmail again, you know. But that's the very reason why I believe in God. You're right. (laughs) I know. It's so so interesting, (laughs) you know, how, like, standing on either side of the couch. Yeah kind of changes their perspective about and I, so i like watching these like these secular shows with the worldview that i have and i go now see you can go so much more deeper in the sovereignty of god and knowing this so isaiah 45 7 says i form the light and create darkness i make peace and create calamity i the lord do all of these things mm-hmm. in ecclesiastes it says that in the day of prosperity rejoice 
just giving you you know mm-hmm. permission right. to, to to enjoy your good life right now. But then it also says, in the day of adversity, consider this, he has made one as well as the other. Right. And so why do we need to know that he's sovereign in all these things and creates all these things? Yes, he does it by various ends and means, which you know too. There's mm-hmm. billions of others that you don't know. But it's to also understand that this is not purposeless. Right. That he's doing something. And Psalms 91, it says that the deadly pestilence will not come near you. Now, this does, this does not mean that you won't contract COVID. Right. This means that you're not judged by God. It's not affliction. It's not right. nothing. And you, his people, have called to be sovereign, or excuse me, have, uh, have called to be submissive in this suffering to him and to recognize his sovereignty mm. and to understand that. That glorifies God when we can actually overcome our sufferings by simply understanding that God is doing all of this. By resting in like what we understand about his character and nature. It's purposeful. It gives Mm -hmm. you meaning. It starts to shape your identity. Well, and I think too, like you kind of jump from that platform into remembering like God's like promises to like, so if God is sovereign and in control over all of this Mm -hmm. and he also promises to work all things for the good of those, right, right, who are called, uh, you know, called, um, then we also know like again it speaks to the suffering not being purposeless mm. and that ultimately even if i don't feel like it or i don't see it right now right whatever is happening is working for my good right and because that god is who he says he is he doesn't lie mm-hmm. he fulfills his promises that's how we know he is who he says he is mm-hmm. um so all of this is kind of abstract um and in, in in terms of application but like what I would encourage you guys to do with those people who've been extra fearful of COVID, you know, especially young, like young, healthy people, people that aren't in the smaller groups that really need to be like cautious and quarantining around this, mm-hmm. um, that re- like resting in God's sovereignty, that he is ultimately in control and praise him. You don't have to be because of that. Right. 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 What a like you don't have to be general manager of the universe. Mm -hmm. We've got one. Right. Right. And he's doing it so much better than you ever would anyway. Right. Um, Oh, my goodness. Like now I feel like I need a like general manager of the universe cape. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) So we we go back to the the Superman cape. We need. uh, Um, Yeah. But, you know, also your suffering is working towards something as well. It's propagating something. You know, uh, Paul, um, you know, understand it would. uh, This is. It's a letter to the Philippians where he's saying godly uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, exercises of uh, of little good. I mean, it's good for you, but it's of little good. But training for godliness right. holds to the promises of this life and the life to come kind of thing. And, and it's not saying that it's preparing you for the life to come. What it's saying is that that holds to the promises that God has given you in this life and reiterates the hope that you have as well, that one day your suffering is going to end. That one day that your tears are going to end. And that's actually what Christians need to hold on to. When there is nothing left, what is Mm -hmm. the one thing that you can go to, right? And it's the promises of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Pestilence won't come near you in that day of judgment. You have hope for the future, the resurrection uh, of the dead. Um, And that's what we hope in, man. Uh, And Paul said, if we only have hope in this life only, we're the most to be pitied. And no wonder, because a lot of even professing Christians just want a prosperous life here. And I go, man, you're the most to be, pri- uh, uh, to be pitied mm-hmm. uh, on that, because now you only have the ways of the wind. This is it for you. Mm-hmm. You have your reward. What are you talking about? You know. Mm-hmm. And um, also lets us know this: this is the way that we worship God and, and have our minds uh, transformed. 
right? right. So we know, um, I mean, I think most people realize that when the country kind of shut down and the individual state governments shut down, lots of worship services were no longer meeting. Like They just stopped altogether or they were no longer meeting in person. Mm. So kind of along the like, so what lines, you rest in God's sovereignty and get your butt to church. (laughs) Okay, like, so it's been a year. If your church isn't meeting in person yet, go find one that is. Yes. Right? right. And if you are um, in, like, a sensitive group, a group of people that need to be extra careful about contracting COVID, then you need to be a good steward of your, like, your physical condition and make, you know, decisions about that. Uh, If you are... If it's more important or it's necessary for you to remain home and away from a large body or from, you know, any body, um, uh, church body, then I would highly recommend. And I think Nick would agree with me. Like you need to be in contact as often as possible mm-hmm. with other members of your body, right. even if you're not showing up, you know, physically to be a part of service. Well, so he calls us uh, sons and daughters for a reason. And we call each other brothers and sisters for a reason. This is a family kind right. of thing. God has oriented the family to be your support group kind of thing. And so let me read, I mean, we all know the, the verse from Hebrews, but let me, and that's Hebrews ten twenty five. but let me start in verse 23 here. And he goes, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope, right? So we were talking about that, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Okay, and that's a, that's a loaded statement right there, but let me move on. And it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. All right. And then you get the uh, the, the verse uh, 25 where it says not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, not to go into the theological depthness of what that day <laughs> uh, is. Um, uh, however, what is the uh, what is the foundation of the church to stir each other up in love and good works right. and in light of christ's return we worship him and glorify him that is our heart's orientation to always look up even in the midst of a pandemic right so um so for those of you guys that are feeling extra depressed or anxious and have been over the last year have you are you isolated right like the body of christ exists so that you don't have to suffer alone yes um so that would like first and foremost get your butt to church Mm -hmm. get in contact with your pastors use the resource that god has so graciously and like provided to an undeserving people right so um like we will never ever say that anxiety and depression aren't real they're 100 percent real i wrote a dissertation Mm -hmm. around um like psycho you know psychological symptoms like this Mm -hmm. it's very very real but there are things you can do to help mitigate those symptoms um and you know in future episodes we're going to go into some more detail about specific things like anxiety and depression Mm um uh those are like the two kind of main topics i think that people think of when they think of mental health anyway one of my major prayers is uh when uh, uh god first saved me i was struggling with depression all over the place and 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 i can go on to all the categories of why uh, however, uh, not to steal from John Piper, maybe I've already mentioned this in recent episodes, was that my, one of my major prayers was, okay, because uh, I understood the sovereignty of God at that point, 
was God don't let me waste my depression. What are you teaching me through mm-hmm. this? Uh, and in the sense, me even saying that shows that I'm healing from depression, right? Because, you know, depression in some cases, you don't want to leave your room. You don't want to do anything. Right. Or well, you and have it's no hard hope in, in the middle of yeah. like a depression to say, to even make, to have that be your plea. Like, yeah. don't let this be wasted. Yeah. I remember when I first heard Piper, Piper says that and said that in response to his cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, Lord please shape my heart like that yeah. you know <clears throat> and so can uh, are we so bold enough to say that in all situations don't let me waste my disposition mm-hmm. whatever it may be you know right. and yeah yeah i think you can yeah. right yeah um those of you guys that have you know like loved ones that have been extra isolated reach out you know yeah don't leave them <clears throat> alone yeah um that i think so we like what we've seen in examining some of this stuff in the last few episodes is that isolation seems to be a major cause of the increase in in like maladaptive psychological yes. stuff. Um, also loss, you know, loss of jobs, loss of financial security, housing, right. all of that, you know, plays a part um, for our younger, like younger people, school and like the structure of schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how I feel about the public school system is a whole nother episode. Yeah, series. I don't even have any kids and I agree with you. <laughs> um, but for for a lot of people, that was like, a, you know, uh, an avenue away out of an abusive home. Um, it was where they got fed um, and all of that changed. So, yeah, first and foremost, as Christians, we need to rest in God's sovereignty and then we need to get our butt to church. Right. And so I think that, um, you know, we, we talk about the, uh, the Jungian aspect of hierarchies and establishments and everything like that. And in, in some cases, I would agree we, even with the, the, that na- uh, analysis. But God, what's the hierarchy? Well, first of all, Jesus is. But then what is the foundation that he says that everybody should go to? And that's the local church kind of thing. So we need to reorientate our minds on the institutions that God has established for his people. Um, um, to to walk uh, according to his ways and to make it to the end of your race, kind of thing like that, which is what we're doing, right? right? That's the process of sanctification, being hollowed out to the image of Christ and make it to death, having a good death. And that's also a reiteration too, as well, that we need in our hearts is to die well, right? You know, and, and so. Um, I so I also think it's important to like so rest in God's sovereignty, get your butt to church, um, and ask for help yeah. if you need it um There's that's that is why the you know one of the reasons the body exists is to love i mean just in that scripture you read in hebrew hebrews you know love and stir, stirring yeah. each other up to love and good works um i mean in verse 26 it says you know for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins and um so why do we stir each other up for love and good works? So we don't sin <laughs> against God. And it's easy to sin against God in the midst of a pandemic because if you view uh, everything going to hell in a handbasket or your life is falling apart, then you're going to uh, draw to the things that give you the nearest comfort instead of Christ. You know what I mean? And that could be what? Drugs. Or that could be anything, you know, uh, in those situations. Um, selling your things when you don't have to sell your things. Taking out loans when you don't have to take out loans. Right. Oh, my goodness. I can talk about the socioeconomic impact uh, of uh, the pandemic and people making stupid decisions with the banks. Right. Trying to get above because they think 
well, that's the uh, that's the need. Matthew uh, six, um, uh, Jesus is talking about don't search after the things that the pagans search after. It right, your heavenly Father knows what you need. Seek His righteousness and kingdom. Everything is given to you. Right, kind of thing like that. If we would only trust Him in that regard. So, what we're talking about is okay. So get your butt to church too as well. Um, it also says to walk according to uh, the ones that um, who taught you the faith. And Paul reiterates this every uh, all the time too as well. Um, imitate me as I imitate Christ kind of thing. One of the things, um, the so what in the Christian uh, worldview is that we do have godly men and women, that he has set maturity upon them. If you can realize that you're immature, look to the ones that are. Not to compare yourself to them, but to say, hey, they got something that I want to get. And you don't have to degrade yourself if you fall short to what they're doing, but surround yourself with, uh, with uh, uh, amongst them so that you can learn um, what they're doing too as well. So we all feed off of each other. We we do need each other. This is why exactly why you said reach out to the ones that are lonely as right. well. So. so, okay, so we're going to get a lot of criticism or like backlash for encouraging people to um, violate, you know, the six foot yeah oh social distancing that kind of stuff so what do you like what do you say to the christian who feels really uncomfortable you know gathering in a group even now yeah it feels uncomfortable gathering in a group uh, now now it's important to uh, understand that we're going to be uh, bluntly honest in this conversation uh, if I were to actually uh, talk to somebody face-to-face, it would be a lot more love and grace. And so you, I think that the, that's what you're going to have to start with. Be long-suffering with them as God is long-suffering with them. If they're truly a sister or a brother in Christ, handle them a certain way, right? I think sometimes in our apologetics, we want to ask by what standard to everybody <laughs> and make them feel like fools instead of coming out with them in the way of love. So we don't want to go for, for go love, to stir each other up in love and good works. Right. So I'm going to want to talk to them in such a way where I stir their affections up uh, with them. If they're truly saved, I, th- I do think that I can talk about the sovereignty of God um, uh, with them and to understand that there are biblical ways to walk. In the last episode, we said, hey, empirical data is good, but if we forgo the ethics and morality of how to conclude these matters, we end up in a mess, right? And so now you get signs that are blaming healthy people for being the problem right. and totally disregarding the image of God uh, that they're in. Um, so if I were to talk to a Christian that is feeling uncomfortable with that, one of the questions about what I would ask is, if you feel uncomfortable, what do you suppose God is doing in mm-hmm. this? Do you think he's vindicating your uncomfortableness? or pressuring you to be uncomfortable uh, so that you may actually have faith in what he said in his word, not neglecting your gathering. Get your butt to church. It's fine. <laughs> you don't have to worry about uh, all, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's sovereign. He will take care of you. I'm not going to promise that you're not going to get sick, mm-hmm. but I will say this. When you sin against God, it ain't going to be good either. And so you <laughs> might. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we. I don't think it's a trade-off like it isn't a, like a black and white trade but again i'm being brute uh, and brute and blunt right now there would be yeah. a different way i would handle it well so. no i mean so like get your butt to church if you feel sick stay home you know like practice tr- like true love truly loving your neighbor i think um sure. uh, if you if you know people too that um work like we talked with james and hillary in the last episode right on more on the front lines of the pandemic right. um nurses doctors 
mental health workers especially um all the people we ended up forgetting yeah, reach, yeah. reach out to them you mm-hmm. know like how do you love your neighbor um and i think there's a um a healing that kind of occurs like a self-healing that occurs when you're feeling really you know down in the dumps um but you start like offering help or assistance yeah. to someone else and, and reaching out and look at what god has done through history we think about the holocaust right uh, look up the uh, the the writings of Corrie ten boom and what she was saying about these things um uh, recognizing the sovereignty of god you know how many people heard the gospel in these uh, in these concentration camps um because of this lady this faithful lady and how many people came to christ uh with them god is actively involved in here setting the sufferings upon people that he may show his preeminence mm-hmm. and i know that irks a lot of people because your suffering is very real i'll give you an example uh, of how i struggle with that when i was coming under calvinism right we we all struggle with that where i don't think any of us is born a calvinist a calvinist in the 21st century um maybe maybe that was in the past but not now but as soon uh, as i started to understand uh, uh the predestination of god that the sovereignty of god his decree working through ends and means i heard john piper said okay god planned the fall yeah. And I pressed pause because that was a big deal to me. And I go, am I just a pawn in uh-huh. your game? Am I just a robot? No, I, I was unlearned. I didn't know the philosophical standpoint of compatibilism, ends and means, primary means, outside of those primary means, what our confessions of faith say that have actually geared me towards understanding the sovereignty of God even more and setting me on a rock. I didn't have any foundation because uh, I didn't want to. Tr- I wanted to save God from sin kind of thing like that. I'm like, oh, Calvinism is showing him that. I know it just reiterates his righteousness and sovereignty right. of that. But yeah, I was struggling with I think that. I think yeah. most of us, I mean, had an issue. I had I certainly had an issue with Calvinism the first time I heard it. Sure. Um and then God broke me right. almost immediately now, over its truth. Now why is that? It's because our suffering is very real. And we think if anybody causes a suffering, they're mean. Mm-hmm. Well, from a human uh, point of view, a human-on-human contact, yeah, because we don't have the right mind mm-hmm. for that person. Yeah. <laughs> but God, who is righteous, holy, knows how to gear things, might have a purpose for it, and it might be good. In fact, it is, and you shouldn't question it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it will <laughs> it will propagate something so glorious, if only a glorified body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so in, in the, like, the depths of suffering like our heart should rest in in the assurance of his like sovereignty promises right his promises he didn't leave you Mm -hmm. uh, in this right and Um, he won't and he won't leave you here for you know those people that are suffering right right um i think you know the the answer to this for christians is really basic i mean i didn't mean to kind of out like outline like a three-step process but that's kind of what's you yeah. Know, you happen. sound like a puritan. Everything is bullet points and you topics know? and long. But <laughs> <laughs> um, recognize God's sovereignty. Get your butt to church and ask for help. Right. I think right. that the last part of that is, and how can you be a help to the people within the body and the people you know uh, your neighbors outside of the body? How do you stir each other up for love and good works? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, as counselors and, and, and people who, uh, you know, really have an affection for the downtrodden and the wayward, I, I, I think I take a, a, that verse a little bit more seriously, too, as well. Um, though I would exhort anybody to do that, whether or not they have this passions in counseling and, and, and talking to people uh, that are uh, downtrodden and wayward, um, I would, you know, I would exhort them to do the same thing. 
Um, but what does it mean to stir each other up for love and, and good works? And first of all, what is love kind of mm-hmm. thing? Well, we know that God is love. But then what, is, what does that mean in the deeper sense of that too yeah. as well? It's a reflection of his character, right? Uh, philosophically, we know that everything has to reflect God's character to know that it's righteous. And if it doesn't, it's sin kind of thing like that. God does not hate thievery because thievery is bad. God hates thievery because God is not a thief, right? So that stir each other up in love has to be acclimated in the character uh, of God. And so what does that look like? Um, and then works too as well. Benevolence, beneficence, right. uh, complacency, whatever that looks like um, in the uh, in the situation that you're dealing with is, is our way to do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I hope, I, I don't think it was too simple. I think we kind of hit. No, I mean, y- y- again, in a counseling session, there might be some deeper context because you're going to get their attitudes. Which I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I can't pretend to know what everybody's thinking in this uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. All we have is data, statistics, and I'm not going to chop you up to a bullet point on my Excel sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will tell you uh, that sin breathes in other sin, and the way it destroys our mind and body, uh, both physical and immaterial, uh, as well. It suffers dire consequences. Go to Jesus mm-hmm. uh, in, 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 in all of this. Do not give in to the fear of this. This doesn't mean that you can't be responsible. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't wash your hands. Right. This doesn't mean that you don't have to be cautious or yeah. anything like that. In I fact, mean, the wise man walk, is. Right, walk up to somebody on like the street and sneeze in their face. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and you shouldn't do that in an auto pandemic or anything like that. Right. It's just rude. <laughs> but... but um, <laughs> Uh, uh, but in these cases, does the sovereignty of God just go away because there's a pandemic? Does the view of humanity just go away because there's a pandemic? Does morality, truth, logic, and things that you're supposed to do just go away? Because no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't at all. And it's a, uh, this is the foundations of objectivity. And in this postmodern world where you have no objectivity, all you have is pseudo-compassion. And that's right. exactly what we're seeing out of a lot of climates, both left and right, by the way. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could be a good opportunity to talk to people who don't, who aren't Christians, who don't have a biblical worldview mm-hmm. and explain why it's better on our, like, on in our camp, right? Exactly. We actually have a paradigm to explain mm-hmm. what's going on, to mm-hmm. understand what's going on, to process it, and to move right along with it and forward. Right, right. right. Because nothing environmental, nothing circumstantial ever mitigates God's sovereignty. Yes. Jesus is the light that came un- into the world. The light shines through the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. Right. right? Or, uh, is that true in a pandemic? Mm, yeah. Right. right. Remember, God creates the darkness and shines the light through right. it. You know what I mean? Uh, he, he, uh, this, this stirs me. Uh, see, even this, this is like a small church session uh, that we're having here. Uh, um, um, uh, don't, no, it's not that kind of heresy that I'm talking about. Uh, uh, in order to, you know. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, we're not in church right now. Two or three uh, gathered. There's church. Yeah, that's not, no. not what that means. But <laughs> this is even stirring my affections up for God yeah. too, as well. Because he is in complete control. And I'm like, I don't have to worry about right. this now you get to uh, hang up your general manager of the universe name tag yes yeah. you know and <laughs> forego the cape and all that stuff it's not about me and i can breathe a right. little bit too as well does this mean i'm careless no not at all no I'm but it allows careful. you to refocus on what god's called you to do which exactly. is to not be fearful yes exactly right it is it is to 
like not forsake the gathering exactly right to be a part an active participant in the body you know his his law courses through your members when you start to learn and delight in that look at david i, I don't know if anybody's ever been like david when he's talking oh it's psalm 119 right we attribute it to david we really don't know but i think it's david right it's the it's the language of david right and he's like your law is like honey on my lips and he's just sitting there going oh yeah man this is great this is great <laughs> You know, and I don't know if we ever think like that, but maybe we should yeah. uh, uh, start to think like that because his law starts governing to uh, governing your faculties, and you start looking at people a different way, and you're not building up resentment in any of the, uh, in your heart. You want to help, you want to love, you want to love accordingly, but you landed on that in objective truth, which means you expose also evil coming from those people because you love them mm -hmm. uh, as well, right? This means actually calling them out uh, uh, too as well and, and pointing out their flaws and watch them get angry because that's the religion. And anytime you walk on sacred ground, people tend to get a little bit emotional. <laughs> this is why even if you're uh, talking to somebody that's denying Jesus, it's important to stay calm because you know that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And so you have truth. You don't need to get angry anymore. So, right. You know, and I know that, you know, you're going to struggle with that. I struggle with that. Everybody struggles with that. Uh, this doesn't mean it's right, <laughs> but this does al also mean that you have something to lean on to uh, in those in those times. And once you grow uh, in Christ and the church is a big help with that uh, because right. you're learning from a lot of people. So as Robin said, get your butt in church. Right. Um, you start to learn that kind of maturity a, a little deeper and deeper and deeper. Right. And, and all of a sudden, you know you start looking more like Christ which is the, the goal right yeah so okay we, well I, I mean we um we thank everybody for listening and your support we'll be back um next week with a new series um follow us on Facebook Instagram you can email us at a couch divided podcast uh at gmail.com yes. um with questions or topic ideas we'd love to hear from you guys and yes. We really hope that this first series blessed you. Um, thank you, everybody, for kind of bearing with us through our, like, grassroots uh, season of learning how to podcast and, um, like, setting up this project that we've been working on for a long time. So. Oh, yes. And, and, so, and just remember this. God is still sovereign. God is still uh, mighty. In this world, you're going to have many trials and tribulations, but take heart. He has overcome the world.